Hallelujah. Well, let's start out here. If I could, this is a, an extension of what I talked a couple of weeks ago about the greatest revelation that God ever gave me. And I started just talking about it. Sometimes there just are not notes to define what God has given you and what God has said. So if I could today, could today entitle this message, I would entitle it, The Results of the Gospel Without Faith. <clears throat> that means it would be a failed life. It would be a defeated life, a condemned life. It'd be preaching the hopeless life, the life of the living dead. Though we say we are alive and have Christ, we still live in, under such an influence and a canopy of death that we never experience life. And so we are, many times as Christians, we are under the rule of death because we have not discovered how to use our faith effectively. And so what we have is we have many of our Christian lives, and I would say many, I mean 99.9.999. I mean there's a very, very <clears throat> few people that uh, live successful lives. Now, we could define successful life as, well, you know, they got a good business. But you know, that's not the life of faith. That's a life of you using your education or your talent. But it's not a life of faith. And you may have an abundance and it not be a life of blessing. Come on. I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, you, you could. Phyllis is a, a brother uh, he lived beside a guy, and he, he, uh, the guy got sick, and he cared for him and all that kind of stuff. When the guy died, he didn't have no kids, and he left everything to Phyllis's brother. And it wasn't 100,000. It, wasn't, it, was, it, was, it was a, a bunch of M's, a bunch of M's. He's a sinner. He doesn't live for Jesus. Well, why did God do that? He was the seed of the righteous. And his mom and daddy was tithers. That's why. But we could look all around and we could see people that are just good businessmen. They haven't been blessed. They might, now, they might attribute what they have to blessing. But they never use their faith. They never sow for the perspectives of a future transition or growth or anything like that. They do what they can do. They pay their tithes. They get by because it's tax deductible. Now, if I'm talking to any of you businessmen, I really don't mean you. I want you to be tithers, hallelujah. But we look at all types of people. We see Christians month after month, year after year, not changing, but fighting the fight, believing what they call believing God, and they're trying to change in humanistic strength. And I, I told you that God just told me, said, son, you're never going to be free. There's a whole world that you are never going to tap into. You are a citizen of. 
You have a right to be there. But you deal with everything on a carnal basis. You think the more you could do, the more I will do. I said, son, you don't even understand basic kingdom principles. I mean, it just stunned me. And so, I just started seeking God. And I can't tell you how many hours. It's just been months and months and months. And then the Lord gave me this revelation. And so we as believers, most of the time, live a good moral life. Or as much as we can. I mean, we, we live as, as something presentable or what we would consider acceptable to God. We live a life that is devoted to God. That's the believer's life. And we live a faithful life. Not a faith-filled life, a faithful life. In that, we come and support the kingdom of God and its forward motion. And many times, Christians give sacrificially. And, and God appreciates that. But the other side of it is, you never mix your faith with it. And so it's just a loss of money to you and a gain to the kingdom. And God's not pleased with that at all because unless faith is involved, he can't touch the seed. And so Christians are giving sacrificially and rich people are not the basis of how the kingdom works. Statistically, it is the poor people that carry the work of the kingdom. I'm just telling you. You can fatten your bank account and never accomplish much for the kingdom of God, and nobody knows it but you and God. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are not blessed to have a container. Be a container, amen? And uh, so, these, these poor people, you know, statistics are terrible about the church. You know, there, last year, the statistics were that people that give and people that tithe are 2.5% last year. This year, before the year was ever calculated, it dropped to 1%. In other words, 1% of this congregation carries the, the, the labor or the weight of what this church does. You might say, oh, oh man, Pastor, don't talk like that. Yeah, if you aren't the one percenter, don't jump up and clap. Yeah, that's all across the board for charitable. Even the world is becoming more stingy and more filled with fear aborting that which they used to support. Giving across the board for charitable givings and the church have dropped a percent and a half in one year. Percent and a half one year. And the thing of it is, we should not even be among the statistics of those that are dropping because the Bible says, see that you increase in this grace giving just as you increase in knowledge and in love. We want to be smarter. We want to have greater revelation. We want to be able to quote so-and-so and all this kind of stuff. But we don't want to increase in giving. Listen, if you aren't increasing in giving then we just understand that the nature of God is not being formed in you. Every year, we increase our tithe even though we don't ask for a raise or get a raise. We always increase our tithe. Why? Because 
This church is not our source. We live before we got it. We'll live after it's gone. Amen. Someday when I retire, praise God, I'm going to learn how to break into this place and get money. No, I'm kidding. And uh, now, so we have all of these things, and people are really trying to do what they possibly can do in their own strength. But most Christian lives are based out of their own strength. It's not based out of the power that lies resident in the Word of God. And that's why we have people the same. After 30 years, we have people falling into the same failures, same moral failures, the same uh, lack of success and so forth. It's because, it's not that we don't love God. We love Him. I'm telling you, people love God. You keep putting up with getting beat up year after year in the body of Christ by the devil and by the church and by everybody else. And you think that you don't love God? You love God. That's not the problem. Love is the motivator, but only faith is the creator. And you cannot create the Christ man in you. You cannot create the God man in you. You cannot create the new creation in you. You cannot create the healed man in you. You cannot create the blessed man in you without faith. But I love God, I want, I understand that. That's a great motivator. But it's not the creator. And so without faith, you can't create anything. How many of you know we are saved by grace through? What did that bring? A creation that had never existed. It wrought a divine work into an individual's life and his dead spirit was recreated and made into the form of the expression of the identification of sonship. That's a creation. That's a creation. See, that's what faith does with grace. Now, but very few of us live by faith. Here's an example. You want a, a great example of the biggest failure that's been recorded in all of the Bible. You, you want to know who he is? Me. 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 There are different ways to use faith in your life. I used my faith 14 years ago to break through and apprehend the realm of the supernatural. Not for me, but that I could win the world. I did that, and we did that. We've seen over two, almost 275 million people give their life to Jesus Christ, untold, blind, and just, it's just untold. Sometimes they get lined up, I just tell like, gee, man, just, just cancel it. Man, I'm going home. Listen, all around the world, churches are formed. All around the world, today on Sunday morning, Churches all around the world are running two, three, four, five thousand people that have been born. We are the second largest Pentecostal church in Italy out of one meeting, out of one meeting. That's what this church does. That's what the gospel does. But I chose to use my faith to break through, to apprehend the operation of those gifts in my life, to put myself to a place 
as Jesus did to demonstrate the kingdom of God. But in doing so, I neglected my faith for my own health. Say, well, well, can't you lay your hands on it? No, the, the gifts respond to other people's faith. See, if you're going to get the prayer of faith, you're going to call for people and they're going to have faith. Now, most of the church is taught to use their faith for healing. And so they do. And line, I know guys, man, they just don't get sick. But then the world goes to hell in a handbag. Because they talk about miracles, they just never see them. Like prom promise them a hot dog and nothing in, in the bun. And it's the truth. How do you have 15,000 believers come together, they roll them in sick, and they roll them out sick, and they're talking faith. What is that? Well, that is a personal faith, but it's not a faith for the supernatural. Are you getting my drift? See, there are faith dimensions that are used for certain things. And so when you invade in those, to those areas, you invade and you lock hold of certain things in a certain realm. But that doesn't mean that everything that you have is going to open up the same way. It doesn't open up the same way. And so I used my faith for that. And before I did that, was I ever sick, Phyllis? But I never, I mean, I just... Pfft. Very seldom. I was never sick. But there was a guy from Nigeria last year. You knew where he was from, Dr. Oblu. Stop. He was past us, going from Detroit. He was headed for Cincinnati, and God dealt with him, dealt with him. Finally, in Dayton, he turned around and said, okay, I'll go back and tell him. And he prophesied to me. and said, you know what? There is a coven of witches in this area that have been assigned to destroy your health. And he said, you may not know that. But then I started calculating what's happened to me in four years. I thought, that devil. And so I just took authority over that coven of witches. But I never used my faith for that. So here's what happens to me. I want to share to you a month of my life. A few months ago, uh, I was... Uh, I was awakened about 11.30. I'd went to bed about 9 o'clock. Father Tofel said, you know, I'm, I just don't feel good. And she said, you don't look good, so you might as well go to bed. And uh, so I woke up. I don't know whether it was by God or, or myself. I don't know. But I got up and I went to get a drink of water, which was a miracle in itself. But when I got to the kitchen to get the drink of water, I felt like I'm going to take my blood pressure, which is a second miracle in itself. Well, I took my blood pressure, and it was 298 over 125. Remember that? So I said, eh, I better, maybe I, that's high, I think. So I, I, I went in, started putting my clothes on. Phyllis said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to run up to the hospital up there at St. Rita's. I said, my, I think my blood pressure is a little high. And so I told her what it was. She said, oh, my God, I'll go with you. I said, if I'm going to die, I don't want to die in front of you saying you told me so. 
And I said, oh, praise God, I died by myself. And she said, well, call Nikki so she can meet halfway. So she met me in Walpark. Is that where you met me? Where did you meet me? No, no, Walpark, thank you. I know my story. I wrote this down. I would, and so I met Nikki in Walpark and got in, and she drove me there. When I get there, they take my blood pressure. They put, on, put me on this automatic thing every five minutes. And it's not going down. I have one doctor come in and say, man, God must have a plan for you. I said, yes, absolutely. Praise God. And he turned around and walked out. Next doctor come in and said, look, with all good conscience, sir, I couldn't send you home. You ain't going to make it. I'm thinking, I'm feeling pretty good, but my blood pressure is not coming down. They're giving me all kinds of stuff. They're giving me pills. They're giving me injections. They're, they're doing everything. I just said, just get all the women out of the place. It'll go down. <laughs> so they replaced the woman nurse with the male nurse, believe it or not. Then I said, oh, man, this guy's more stressful than that woman. <laughs> all right. And so the next morning, they keep me overnight. They say, we're not letting you go home. And I said, okay. So uh, I... Uh, stayed there, and the next morning, they did all these tests and everything, and uh, the medical, the surgeon came in. Uh, first, there was a, a doctor before him, and he said, uh, I'm having the surgeon come in and look at you. He said, there's got to be something wrong with you. And so they did all these tests, and my heart, 100% clean, no blockages, none of my veins, none of my leg veins, none of my nothing is blocked. They said, man, there's nothing wrong. You should not be here. You shouldn't have high blood pressure. I said, I'm married to Phillips. They said, oh, never mind. Call, call the blood pressure doctor. So then the surgeon comes in. He says, look, man. He said, I, I've been over your charts. He said, you got one nodule, about 30% blockage. He said, we ain't operating on you on that. He said, that wouldn't cause any of this. He said, but I will say this, young man. You won the lottery. I said, what's that mean? He said, I'm just telling you, you won the lottery. People do not live coming in here like you came in here. I said, okay. I was enjoying myself because they gave me all the ice cream I wanted. I don't know if I was supposed to have it, but I sure was eating it. And uh, so here I was. I've been there. All of a sudden, I'm on like six or seven pills. Six or seven pills, besides what Phyllis is trying to homopathically throw in me. Here, take this. This is good for you. Take that to get. Okay. <laughs> you know, everybody's got a cure for everything. Right? And uh, so here I am on five or six pills. So I called Dr. Oblue. I said, let, I said, let me tell you something. They got my blood pressure down to like 150 over, you know, 110 or something. I said, I got home and it went right back up. And he said, send Pastor Phyllis on vacation. I said, I can't afford to. And he said, okay, the next thing is we need to get you somewhere else. So he sends me to another hospital and uh, they give me a woman. Of course, you know, they know everything. She said, I don't think it's your blood pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at Cleveland. She said, I don't think this is your, your heart at all. I don't think it had nothing to do with your heart. I said, you're kidding. I said, well, they just had me. And she said, well, I'm just telling you. There's nothing wrong with you. 
She said, I'm going to do one test on you. So she took this test and did, a, did this test. They did others, but this was the one she wanted. They put me in this room and kept me quiet. And uh, so they came in about half an hour later and uh, drew blood. They run that test. <clears throat> they said, there's nothing wrong with you. They said, your thyroid is messed up. They don't know why. They said, just, sometimes they just go crazy. Your thyroid is messed up. I'm going to give you a thyroid pill. I thought, my God, another pill. Come on. Lady, I'm like on five or six now. Adrenal, adrenal, adrenal gland. Yeah. There you go. What did you do? Say a thyroid? It she, wasn't my thyroid. Thank you. She told me. She told you adrenal gland. So that's why I was always strong and hyped up because that adrenal gland was out. And she said, your adrenal gland connected to your, it's your pituitary connected to your adrenal, your adrenal connected to your kidney, your kidney connected to your heart blood pressure and she gave me a pill for my adrenal gland I took it went home my blood pressure this morning 117 over 79 no exercise no doing anything no absolutely I get up every once in a while let my rear end have air but I'm telling you I'm not an exercise guy amen <laughs> and uh, so it runs normal so now when I go back, I'm going to have to say, she talked to me on, the, on this Skype thing. And uh, she said, well, what's your goal? I said, no pills, none. She said, okay, we'll, we'll see where we go. I said, well, we're gone. And uh, so I'm going to get off all these other pills, praise God. And I know some of you think, oh, no, you won't. Yeah, I'm, I believe I will. Amen. And I'm going to get off this adrenal gland pill. That way it doesn't affect my thyroid because I've been taking it for my thyroid, thinking my thyroid bad. It's not bad. It's really a dream gland. I hope that medicine knew the difference. Anyway, so here I am believing God. And I see people get out of wheelchairs. I, I mean, you've seen last time from Ivory Coast, uh, three kids, one, two, two of them five years old. One was deaf and crippled. They put them on a stage and they walk first time in their life. I'm thinking, God, I got a problem. He says, yes, you do. It's a faith problem. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you know who I am? Do you see what happens? Yeah. Your problem is you don't have no faith. I don't. For myself, I have no faith. I wouldn't fast for myself to get an answer for nothing. But I'll fast with you till you get a breakthrough. I'll do whatever it takes for you to be successful. But I'm not going to go without food for myself. Absolutely not. And so, here I was, looking and talking to God, and God said, son... The reason all this has come is because you've not used your faith. And I had to say, you're right. You're right. I don't get up like I used to and say, you know, by his stripes I'm healed. 
devil, I just want you to know that no weapon formed against you prosper. I want you to know that I've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, the kingdom of love, health, life, and length of days. You have no touch on me. You will not have a touch on me. God has anointed me, and I will live free from your kingdom. Jesus said if I kept his word, I would be free, and I would never see death. That's right. And he said, you will pray all day long for a crusade at night for people you don't even know. And then you try to keep yourself well by your diet. And you always say you're going to exercise and you don't. So next time you repent, repent a line to me a thousand times and everybody else. Because I don't. Have you ever made any exercise promises? Yes. You have. Have you repented of lying about them? No. Well, you ought to. No. <laughs> All right, I'm kidding. Now, so here I am preaching faith, praying for the sick, and I'm trying to handle being what God wants me to be, the healed man of God, by my own strength. Impossible. Because sickness is a spiritual disease. It is a spiritual disease. It is, a, it is the side effect and the reaction of man being separated from God. Its author is Satan. And you can't handle Satan on your own. You cannot handle him by physical strength and labor. Let's go to Habakkuk 2.4. So, the greatest example of people that have tried to do things and never accomplished them or did not use faith in them is me. Is me. God's not happy with that. And I, now you say, but, but what, what are you on medication? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm alive because of medication. And thank God. Now you can condemn me. You can do whatever you want. Next healing service, just show up and show me what you got. Paul said, I'll not know the words of those, but I will know the power of those that stand against me and talk about me. So if you're out there and you're watching, hey, just, just show up whenever the next, go to the website, get the miracles. Come on down. That's all you got to do. Come down, open a couple blind eyes, and then I'll let you talk to me about faith. Now, so here I am, a man that should be healthy. I am now dependent upon the graceful wisdom of God to the unsaved. See, Dr. Oblue has a gift. He has a calling. He has an anointing to help those saved and unsaved. Saved and unsaved. Does God get any joy out of a sinner dying? Ezekiel 18 says no. Absolutely not. So what does God do? Let him die? No. He breaks in and gives wisdom and cures for things that are attacking people. Because he loves people. And so, and if it wasn't for whoever discovered that adrenal gland pill... I know they say, oh, you say, he, he just talked about how much he's on medicine. I'm trying to get a point across to you. You know what? Whoever created it, I'm ever grateful because I'm alive. And just think, if I wasn't alive, Phyllis would be in Aruba with somebody rubbing her down with suntan lotion that looks better than I do. 
and she wouldn't be in this service today. Let me tell you something. If I die in a month, she'll be gone in five weeks. She'll be in another, yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll be in Aruba building her own little idol worship place. And uh, she'll be the goddess of Aruba to all the blind and the deceived. Now, look. Now, I'm, I'm just telling you that I have neglected who I could be. I really felt ashamed laying there in St. Regis. And God's sending all these guys in. Oh, man, God must have a plan for you. <laughs> like, you got to rub it in? What do you do for a living? Uh, I mow grass. Oh, okay. Is that your soul support? Yeah. Then under my breath, I said, well, I'm not preaching. I didn't want people to know I was a preacher in there. I'm sick. I'm sick as a dog. But thank God for his wisdom given by grace. I'm alive today. Now, you can do whatever. Here's, here's my belief. I believe in living. That's what I believe in. I believe in living as long as I can. Habakkuk 2.4 says this. Behold his soul, which is lifted up, pride, which simply is a faithless life or no faith in God. And not upright, is not upright in him. But the just shall live by what? No, that's not what that said. Read the text. You said faith. His faith. Somebody say his faith. So you can't extract life just because you have faith. You have to use your faith. And if you don't use your faith that God has given to you, and when he says by his faith, he simply means this. I've given you a measure. 1 John 5, 4, and 5, Romans 12, 3, 2 Peter 1, 1, I write to those that have obtained like precious faith. That faith is given to you to live by. Now, if you do not use that faith, then death will reign over you. Now, it, God has already declared his will. I've given you faith to live. So if something doesn't happen in your life because of a lack of faith, and the promise has already been given... God is not guilty. Amen? Amen. And so God is not guilty, but it says here that the just shall live by his personal faith. You have to tend to it. You have to care for it. And you have to use it. If it doesn't get used, it's not God's problem. It's like me giving you a credit card to take care of you. And I've used that credit card, and it's been proven. And I say, now, here, take this credit card. Use it, because I've used it at this hotel. It's a great hotel. Got five restaurants in it. I, I've bought suits in this city. I've bought shoes in this city. I've traveled around the world. Here, you can use this. Till I come back, I want you to take care of yourself. Then I come back, and I look outside the hotel, and here's this little cardboard box. This guy's sitting in there. His pants are torn. His coat's gone. His glasses are broken. And now he weighs 89 pounds. And I say, what, 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 what happened to you? He said, here's your card. Thank you for loving me, Pastor. I said, why didn't you use the card? Oh, I, I, I didn't want to do that to you. I say, so you stayed out here and lived like somebody 
that was rejected of everybody when you could have lived the life that I wanted you to live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was me. And that is many of us here today. God has given us faith. And what faith has done, it will always do. Yet, we are sitting here trying to cope with life without faith. And we get beat up. We don't look like Jesus. We don't look like the new creation. Every time lust flies up, we fall down. And it's just wrong. And we are not putting or becoming the Jesus man or the Christ man in this world. Could have given an amen. amen. Absolutely. Praise God. Now, let's go to 2 Peter, the first chapter, verse 3 and 4. I believe, God, that you and I are on the greatest breakthrough that we could ever experience. Now, I believe that God is a healing, delivering God. I believe that miracles bring people to Jesus Christ. But just because I'm strong in one area doesn't mean that I'm anything in another area. If you don't use your faith, then you will have what you don't use it for. Don't use it for. Hallelujah. But faith in Christ and every promise will bring victory to our life. Could I get an amen? amen. All righty. Hallelujah. Boy, I just looked at the numbers of my blood pressure. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. My pulse was, at one, was 81. Even after chasing fellows through the house three times. She kept getting away. It was still only 81. I'll tell you, I'm back. All I got to do is to get rid of this one adrenal gland. I'm, hallelujah, I'm back. <laughs> Praise God. 2 Peter 1.3 says this. What's this. What's these words? And according as his divine power, divine power, hath given unto us, what? All. all, all, all things that pertain unto life. Now, what is life? Life is Zoe. It is God. But it's more than just you getting the God life. The God life uses its faith to obtain and uses its love to distribute. God so loved he gave. The world is all his, but he gave the earth and its fullness to man. Listen, God is a giver. God is an absolute giver. And if, if you think that just getting something is the end, end of your faith, you're the, you are shallow, brother. You don't have enough water to keep a mineral alive. All right. It says, unto life, and somebody say godliness. Through the knowledge of him who hath called us unto his glory and virtue. Next verse. Where, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious what? That by these we might be partakers of his divine nature, which is made up of two things, life and godliness. Life and holiness. Life and purity. 
life, and righteousness. That's his divine nature. Having escaped <clears throat> the corruption that is in this world through lust. Now back to verse 3. And it says this, as his divine power hath given us all things. Now where is this divine power to live life in godliness at? The promise. Somebody say the promise. promise. It's the promise. Now it's been given to us that pertain to life and godliness. Now we have to obtain life, but we have to use our faith in the promises to promote the Christ man, which represents godliness. I'm telling you, if the church will pay attention. It can eradicate its sin in 30 days. Failure, condemnation, bruised and damaged conscience. I'm telling you, we can shine like a purity that this world has never seen. And we can gain our witness of being holy rollers back. Listen, holy rollers might have seemed to you a, a downplay, it wasn't a downplay. It was an identification. Those people down there, they live holy. Amen. Would be to God that we could have that. Amen. Amen. That's what we want. So we're going to use our faith not only to obtain godly, uh, life, but godliness. Somebody say godliness. godliness. Because you, you can be using your faith for everything else, but if sin keeps breaking through, you'll always live under the curse. Amen. But I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. As long as you live right, you are, you are, you are. Amen. If you aren't, you're cursed, you're cursed, you're cursed. Amen. Come on, help me preach it all. Amen. Yeah, have, hallelujah. And so we realize that we have those promises. Now, I, I'd like for you to go to Hebrews 4, 1, and down through 3 today. Hebrews 4, because today is being played out just like it was in the Old Covenant. Let us therefore fear, stand in awe. Least the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us, watch this, unto us, unto who? Us was the gospel, the good news of redemption, sonship, and inheritance preached as well as unto them. But the gospel, the word of this redemption, sonship, and inheritance preached did not profit them, not being mixed with, mixed with faith in them that did what? Hear it. Next verse. For we which have believed do enter into a rest, as he saith, as I have sworn by my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished before the foundations of the world. Now, I want you to go back to the word. Uh, let's go back to the first verse. Therefore, let us fear a promise being left of us of entering into his rest. What does the word rest mean? Entering into a place of no labor. Now, that is physical labor. Because there is the work of faith. And that's what you and I labor for. 
Now we labor to enter into this rest. This rest is where the outward man, the senses of man, is confident and there is a peace upon him knowing that faith has accomplished its work. Once you know that faith has done it, there's nothing to labor for. You rest to see your result come to pass. Did you struggle with salvation when you first got saved? No. Oh, you. <laughs> Did you struggle with faith? I mean, with salvation when you got saved? Anybody normal? I went around the devil telling me, you ain't saved, you ain't saved. Finally, I said, you know, wait a second. You never told me that before I got saved. And I knew the devil was talking to me, and I told him, you never told me that before I got saved. I must be saved. Did you ever doubt your salvation when you first got saved? Absolutely. Most normal people did. Now, it says that we enter into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. Next verse. For the gospel was preached as well unto them, but the word preached did not profit. Somebody say, profit. Now, if it didn't profit, evidently the purpose of it was to profit. That word profit simply means to enable someone, to empower someone, to infuse someone, to help someone, to stand with someone, or to hold them up and bring them out. Right there. That's what the gospel is designed to do. Lift us up, bring us out, out of the kingdom of darkness and cause us to be uh, sonship in the kingdom of light. Not being mixed with what? So, what is the missing element of having your life profitable and not profitable? All right. Profitable in healing? You need what? Faith. Faith. There you go. Profitable in finances? Faith. Faith. Profitable in love? And a crazy woman and a blind woman, in your case, a deaf one. Right there. Uh, Profitable in family? Profitable in business? Profitable in farming? Profitable in anything that the gospel says you are an heir of requires your faith. The Bible said we are saved by grace through what? All right. Does that just mean you just get saved and then... Salvation is over? No, salvation is an all-encompassing word. But every portion of salvation, Bill, requires faith. Salvation means healing. It means deliverance. It means freedom. It means prosperity. It means benefits. It means uh, blessing. But all of them, in that word salvation, requires the very same thing that the first Revelation of grace required faith. Faith, faith, faith. Amen? All right. So we see that we need to have faith. Now, faith not being mixed with something. Remember, love is a motivator. Faith is a creator. Let's go to Hebrews 1 through 3, and then we're going to wrap this up real quick. Sorry I told you so much about my life today. But, all right. Oh, I'm sorry, 11.1. 1. 
11.1. I'll get ahead of them. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Next verse. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed, created by the word of God, so that all things which were seen were not made of things which do appear. In other words, promises, David, are just descriptions, but they're not seen until faith makes them appear. Amen. Right? Now, let's go to Genesis 1, Genesis 1 and verse 6. Genesis 1 and verse 6. It says this. Now, we know that God wanted something to happen. And so God says this. And God said. Somebody say, God said. Let there be ferment in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And in verse 7, and it says, and it was so. Look down to the right. And it was so. So God said it became. Is that right? That's what we understand how it was created. Now go to Genesis 1, 9 and 10. 1, 9, and it says, And God said, somebody say, God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was what? So, so hallelujah. And then God saw, God saw. He didn't define it by scripture. He saw it physically that it was what? Good. You're right. Genesis 1, 11. Oh, I'm sorry you did that, didn't you? And God said, somebody say, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb or the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it what? Well, so God saw it. Now go to Genesis 1, 14. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons, for days and for years. Next verse. And let them be for lights in the firmaments of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it what? Was so. You're right. Hallelujah. Genesis 1.20. And God said, let there be waters bring forth abundance, the moving creature that hath life and fat. Do you know that's where all ducks, birds, pheasants, pigeons, and quail, and sparrows came from? Didn't come from an egg. It came from the water. Well, what came first? I just answered your question. The chicken out of the water, hallelujah, that it may fly above the earth and all the... Gosh, I just broke scientific law. I might get the, a peace prize. I might, I might be on CNN. Communist News Network. I, I, I might be, wow, I'm impressed. Wow. God will use the foolish to make the wise know that it's God. God said, let the water bring forth abundance, moving creatures that hath life and fowl, and that may fly above the earth in the open ferment of heaven. And verse 21, and God created the great whale and even living creatures that moveth which the water brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged, wow, fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was 
God saw it, hallelujah, that it was good. Now go to Genesis 124. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, the cattle. Boy, just think, next time you sit down and eat steak, you're just eating a pile of dirt. And it creepeth things and beasts of the earth after his kind, and it was what? So, hallelujah. Man, this God thing. Look at verse 25. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind, everything that creepeth upon the earth after his, right, there's where in-laws came from, after his own kind. And God saw that it was what? Good. All right, go to Genesis 1:27, And it said, and so God created man in his own image. And in the image of God created he, him, uh, he, him, and it was great. And then God jumped over and made a female and created he, them. And next verse. <laughs> and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And it was what? So! Hallelujah. And it was so. Wow. Genesis 131. Wow, it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was what? And the evening and the morning were the? And God rested. Once you apply your faith, you can set back and rest. Because it will be and it will be good. That will be good. Jesus told the disciples, use your faith like God did. Say to a mountain, as I curse the fig tree. Now see, not all men do that. There is in Genesis, I think, uh, not Genesis, Matthew the 15th chapter, where Jesus had a crowd, about four or 5,000 men following him. I don't remember if it's four or five, but it doesn't matter. A few thousand here or there is not much. But the disciples that were men of faith following Jesus said, these guys are hungry. Jesus said, give them to eat. They said, well, where are you going to buy food for these people? There ain't no restaurants. There are no stores around. Where do you think we're going to get it? Jesus said, we'll have them sit down. How much food do we have? Well, Peter ate all ours. There's a little kid over there that nobody's made it to yet. He's got a few loaves and a few fishes. Well, what's that going to do among these guys? Jesus said, well, you know, you can use your faith. Or you can try to do everything by human effort. Have them sit down. Father, you are the shepherd of our lives. You make us to lie down in green pastures. I bless this food. Here now, distribute. I can imagine the first piece. You know what? If I was you, I, 
I look at it longer before I sucked it in, because once you suck it in, it's gone. <laughs> the guy behind him, I can imagine a little flake. <laughs> this is it. Hey, there's 3,999 people left. Shut up. <laughs> then they saw it didn't go in place. Then a bigger piece. Then a bigger piece. The seventh or eighth guy. Here, man, come on. Here, have some fish. Pretty soon they're all eating. After it's all over, 12 baskets are taken up. Declaring that God is a provider of every nation of Israel. And that there's always an abundance waiting for those that will use faith and connect it with their need. Now God did that. Now here, 13 men are gathered. Nobody is going to use their faith. That's us. But there's that Jesus man that could use his faith. We need to decide today that we're going to start being Jesus people. Jesus people. And that we're going to use our faith like Jesus used it for miracles for others and for God to intervene into our life. We don't want to be one-dimensional because we can do it all. Amen. And we can recover ourselves from where we've allowed ourselves to become entrapped. I thought I'd get through today. Next week, I'm, I'm going to go right to where God showed me of how to break all this stuff in your life. I'm telling you, I'm going to show you how. And it's so simple, you're going to cause you, you want to bend your husband over and kick him 15 times for not being smart enough to hear this. You better wear a pad next week. You know what kind of pad? A back pad. Now, don't be like me. Why would you risk your life? I could have just went on out. And then the next day, Phyllis, I was at home with Phyllis, and she started nagging me. I went home and took my blood pressure. I said, Phyllis, my blood pressure is up 40% since you started nagging. Be quiet. What'd she do? She threw knives. No noise, no warning, knives. What happened? I turned that machine off and lied about the pressure. It's dropped. Now listen. I gave the devil ample opportunity to kill me. But I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I'm alive. Only by the grace of God am I alive because I did not understand why the enemy prevailed against me. I listened to all the guys. There's just nothing in there. You know, empty trumpets giving us the same thing we've heard for 30 years changing nobody's life there's something wrong because the gospel will give you life and godliness amen. amen praise god stand your feet hallelujah i'm sorry i kept you so long father god god we love you and we thank you father god i just loose miracle power healing power god across this congregation God, I curse 
every work of the adversary. I curse every spirit of infirmity. I curse God right now. Every work of the devil that has attacked families, individuals' health, I break its power. And God, I declare the word of the Lord that those that are sick shall be healed. Those that are bound shall be free. Those that are tormented shall be liberated. Those that are hopeless shall begin to rejoice. God, those that are bound and have limitations, God, that you will bring them an accelerated abundance. God, I pronounce blessing, unity, God, love, understanding over families and over spouses. God, I break the power, God, of men and women. God, will open their eyes and let them see that, God, the flesh is not the way to go. Rhyme and reason is not the resource of victory. But, God, your way and your way only, and, God, you and only you, God can transform our life. Father, we are not the workmanship of human hands and ingenuity. We are the workmanship of our God. Hallelujah. And He is moving and living and breathing in us, creating in us, God, the Christ man. God, hallelujah, I lose blessing. I lose blessing. I lose blessing, God. In the name of Jesus, I lose blessing, God. I lose promotion. I lose favor, God. Hallelujah. I lose, God, just a resurrection and a stirring of faith. God, touch our spirits that we, like Paul, would be stirred by God. Father, we thank you that you are the God miracles, the God of our adoption, the God of our inheritance, the God that said every promise is yea and amen, the God that said infuse in them my faith calls them to overcome, calls them to live above, calls them to reach out and walk like Jesus. God, you've given us righteousness. Father, we love you. God bless every home, every individual. God, every business, God. Hallelujah. Father, let our eyes lift up, God, from ourselves, saying, I have nothing in my hand but that. Let our eyes lift up, God, and say, God, what I have is enough. God, what I have is enough. What I know, I can use. God, what I've got in my hand, I can lift it up. And that God, miracles will come out of just one vessel of oil, just out of one stick, God. God, out of one rock, God, a miracle will be born. And God, we thank you. You've given us faith. We give you the praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Don't forget Wednesday evening, the book of Revelation. God bless